the Reds and Guardians make a trade. We'll get into all the players going, what's happening, and can we get some information on the Owen Miller deal while we're at it on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And I want to take a moment and say this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com backslash Lockdown today to get started. Uh, I just want to take a moment. Uh, if you missed it, the Cleveland Guardians traded Will Benson to the Cincinnati Reds for a player to be named later, probably going to be Cash and Justin Boyd who was taken in the comp B round. He got the equivalent of the 77th overall pick in the signing bonus and is a guy I really like. We'll get into him on the show. But I want to say, like, A, what, what, what's going on with Owen Miller? <laughs> when are we going to hear that result? It's it's crazy. It's been like two months now. Um, and then two, Will Benson plus Owen Miller wasn't getting you anything uh, of note. Like, that's that's why these guys... I see a lot of people being like, well, they should have done the trade earlier. I mean, Will Benson, two years ago, one could argue, didn't have trade value because of some of his struggles. It was really thanks to performance last year. And then, uh, you know, they, Owen Miller, they needed last year. So th- these aren't the big pieces. They're, they're, they're holding on to the pitching, which is important. And I, I don't think you – it's weird to me the number of people getting mad about the Owen Millers and the Will Bensons when these guys are platoon at best. Well, Benson is probably Brett Phillips. Like I, I said that before, there is a lot of room to compare him and Bradley Zimmer. Uh, you know, there's, this is not something I understand. The system does not have a lot of power bats and people love sky high potential, but uh, you get poor chasing potential in baseball. You get fired chasing ceiling. Go look at the return for Christian Yelich, which was all ceiling and see how much the Marlins got for it. Yeah, that, that that's what paid the one to bring up for sure. Because what was that? Ison Diaz, um, Monty Brinson, Harrison, Monty Monty Harrison, and Jordan Yamamoto, who might have been the best piece if he hadn't gotten hurt. He was like a five foot ten pitcher, five eleven pitcher. Like it was. That's the thing. You chase ceiling, and that's. I mean, this whole team like is not chasing. You know, uh, maybe you could claim Class A was when they got him, but it's like Bieber was not a ceiling chase. Jose was not. This is not Stephen Kwan. Uh, yes, you can sometimes strike gold, and there is a world where Will Benson is the, uh, you know, here's the, Will Benson's. He has to be a platoon bat, and he can play three spots. He's a hard worker. He's a great person to have in your clubhouse. He is a great human being. Um, but I think he's going to struggle to hit two twenty. That's me. Yeah, I, I I think he can play a little bit. I think he'll have a decent major league career. I I, I don't know how much we can really take from uh, the gains from what he did last year in AAA. There's there's still a pretty sizable gap between AAA and the majors right now, and we've talked to a couple of pitchers who have said that the, the baseball in AAA is an issue. Yeah. Obviously, um, that factors into it, and he's going to be a late bloomer too. I mean, he was a late bloomer last year where he finally took off at the highest level. I still expect him to have a good major league career. I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to be, like you said, probably 
uh, and the the right the best way to utilize his skill set is to platoon him. Um, Can I use him as a defensive replacement, a pinch runner? Um, you know, he'll he'll show you some power against right-handed hitter or right-handed pitching. Is like if you give him 500 at bats, could he hit 20 home runs and steal 20 bases? Yeah, I think he could. The average is going to be super low if you do that. His his only sur- survival skill against lefties is probably drawing walks. There's not going to be much else there punch wise for them. Um, a lot of strikeouts and a lot of a lot of maybe some walks, but also we talked about his passivity too, where you know there's a lot of chances for him to draw walks, but he goes from you know maybe down 0-2 in a count to going to. 3-2 and taking a walk, but also being up 2-0-3-0 in the count and then strikeout looking, which was an issue with Nolan Jones, too. So they're very similar players, but there's still a good floor to be had for Benson for his skill set. Like you, you know, you talked about Bradley Zimmer, and I told uh, Jeff Carr over at Locked On Reds, if you want to listen to that a little more in depth, you know, you're hoping he's not Bradley Zimmer. You hope he run. you know, he's still a good runner. He doesn't have Zimmer speed, probably, but He's still a quality defender and, and can steal some bases. And every once in a while, he'll hit a, a 450-foot homer. But, uh, you know, you're hoping for more than that. And I hope I hope for more than that for Benson, too, because, like you said, hard worker, great kid. Rather be super, wrong than him. Yeah, super humble and confident, which is, is a nice pairing. Like, he's confident, but he's humble. And um, I don't know. I, I think he'll still have a nice career because of the defense and speed and the, the – um, the ability to draw walks and then occasionally hit some home runs. I just don't know how much of the power he is, is going to get to. I mean, yeah, like you said, you're chasing upside. Maybe the Reds see something where they're like, you know, Hey, maybe we can help him unlock more of the hit tool. And that's pretty rare. It's, it's, it's super hard. Like this is why the guardians have gone in this direction because it is hard to teach a guy who can't hit to hit. Even if he has power, it is much easier to take a guy who, can hit and add a little bit of power. Are you going to get a star level player out of that guy? Probably not. Like you said, that you're not chasing ceiling. You're chasing a safe floor and, and a good team needs to strike a balance. That's part of the guardians issue is they have a ton of guys who are low ceiling, high floor guys. Then you got Jose Ramirez and you've got a couple guys who have kind of grown like Andre Semenes, but it's, it's a hard profile to, to manage. And if you don't have it, I think what it comes down to is what teams prefer. If you're a team that has developed this this specific set of player before and you've had success working with that skill set, then fine, go for it. If you're not, this is why I have no problem. I mean, as much as I think we dislike some of their collection of high-contact, low-power guys because they were first in contact rate last year and last in hard hit rate, it's an issue, but the guardians have struggled to, to develop guys like Benson and Jones into their full potential. If you can't take those guys potential and turn it into an actual production, then you're wasting your time. And not, not that they waste the time with Benson, but I'm saying it's better to move on, get something out of it and, and change directions and work with the skill set. You know, you can turn into something productive. And um, I just, I think Benson, oddly enough, I think Benson's floor has been, gotten better over the last year where the ceiling is still very, obviously very high, but maybe very unattainable, but I don't know. It's a good situation for him to be in Cincinnati because it's a small park. They don't have a whole lot of guys in the outfield vying for playing time. He can go out there and play all three outfield spots and maybe they, maybe they realize they have to platoon him. Maybe he becomes a good fourth or fifth outfielder for them. You know what I mean? Like 
there's still a, a decent chance for him to have a good career there, and I think that's the right spot for him. And it wasn't the right spot for him here because who are you going to play over? Are you going to play him over Oscar Gonzalez and Miles Straw? No. Stephen Kwan? No. I would play Will Brennan over him. Eventually, George Valera passes him. Um, you would. I mean, a lot of things have to happen. So um, I think it's a it's a good move for both parties. Truthfully, it's a good move for Benson, and it's probably the right move for the Guardians because what it does is obviously free up the forty man spot, which we'll we'll get into at some point. And Rand, sorry, I hogged the mic there. Oh. No, it's okay. I just want to throw two things here, two more kind of final, well, not final comments, or two comments or things. One, uh, you know, I see a lot of people talking about him making a leap. I don't know if it's so much a leap as an improvement. A leap would imply that his, like his, his zone contact was no longer like low percentage. Like he still has a hard time making contact in the zone. He improved undoubtedly, but a, a leap to me makes it sound like this is a guy who's on the verge of breaking out. And that's just not fair to do to him. Like you don't want to set this up for him. Like I think, you know, potential platoon outfielder, uh, potentially a great fourth outfielder. Uh, but I think, and then the other thing I want to point out is unfortunately the Reds haven't been good at developing Benson types. So I do feel bad for him in that case. He's going to a team, but I mean, very few guys do well with that type, unless we were sending him to Tampa and then just, you know, a lot of people freak out every time any trade happens. It's amazing how many people who got mad about Owen Miller, who got mad here. Uh, again, those two pieces aren't huge things. The reason you move a Benson over a Palacios just comes down to Palacios probably doesn't net you anywhere near this. Um, and then uh, just overall, like with these trades, you know, they're the guardians don't miss. Okay. Like we can argue that junior Camaro Camonero is going to be a huge miss, but he wasn't a guy they knew well, like he was a young kid. Like he was far away. They didn't have as much experience. They missed on Yandi, but part of that, I do feel like for whatever reason, he Tito was not high on him and he didn't really get any opportunities in Cleveland, but Yandi and Eric Haas are really their only misses of the last decade. So when Cleveland's ready to move on or Cle- they don't see something there, not to say that Benson can't be a solid player, but could he turn into like a Jesus Aguilar where he ends up being a guy who plays 800 games and has a war for his career around five or six. Yeah. Like, I think that's a similar line. It's going to be a different player because Aguilar had a better hit tool, but had like no defensive value. But I think this team doesn't miss on the guys they know outside of really Yandy Diaz and Eric Haas, as much as I, you know, talk about and love him on the show, he's not a good defensive catcher. Like he is more first baseman than catcher. So you kind of get that. Yandy Diaz is really the only true miss on a guy they knew well. Yes, they could end up being very wrong on Junior Caminero, but they traded him when he was 18, right? Maybe night. He was still a teenager when they traded him. That's not a guy they knew. It's not a guy they have spent know, half a decade plus with. So I want to put out those little caveats uh, as well. Why am I really fine with it? Because this team doesn't screw these types of deals up. And I like Justin Boyd a lot, and we'll get to him in a moment. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think the Tobias Myers and Junior Caminero one is one we might look at as a bad one. And like you said, they didn't give Jesus Aguilar a lot of playing time or Yanni Diaz. Although, like you said, Jesus Aguilar had had a quick peak and then hasn't done a whole lot since. And Benson will at least carry defensive value and speed as a as a floor tool, and that will give him a subset of value that, that Aguilar didn't have because he doesn't have that. But before we move on to the Boyd thing, I'll just say one more thing that I found really interesting about this trade, Jeff, is that um, Cleveland has now traded. The, the 2016 draft has been a phenomenal draft for them, obviously. Shane Bieber, Polisak, and Savali. There's been others in that draft, too. I don't. I mean, now Tanner Tully was in that draft. There's probably other guys, too, that you know that I'm – not uh, able to pull from the top of my head, but Cal Quantrell came the other way. It was part of that draft class, I believe. 
okay, so Cal Quantrill. So they've gotten a lot of the 2016 draft class, but they, they have now traded their first and second round picks. Or was Ben, I'm sorry, was... Benson was well, one, Jones was two, yeah. Okay, I remember Jones was a competitive balance pick or a second round pick, but... Second rounder. Yeah, either way, they have traded their first and second round picks from that draft. So part of the value from that draft now will be derived from Juan Brito and, and Justin Boyd potentially or whatever happens with them. But that's I, I don't know how often that happens. How often do you trade your first and second round picks from the same draft? And, I mean, they're kicking the can down the road, obviously, on both those guys trying to, you know, refigure the talent in the 40-man roster, even though Brito did go on the 40 from that trade. But it's just interesting to me that they're going to have to hope I mean, the draft, that draft has already been good for them, but now they're going to def- depend on value coming from Brito and um, Justin Boyd in that trade, which is really interesting to me. Can I nerd out a little bit more uh, before we get a break here? So you, you talk about those two guys. How about the fact that their first three prep players are Nolan Jones, Will Benson, and Connor Capel, all three traded. So uh, their first three prep uh, selections, all big leagues, all uh, will be on big league rosters, I assume, next year. But uh, all three of them traded. And that is their first, second, and fifth round pick. Uh, if you're curious, who was in between Savali in the third, Bieber in the fourth, and Logan Ice in the third? The only guy in those first few picks who did not get to the big leagues. But, uh, yeah, I wish Will Benson well. I hope I'm wrong on him because he's a good person. Um, and I think, like, I'm not saying he's – I'm saying he is a really good fourth outfield slash fifth outfielder. He's a major league player. I just am not sure I see what people are griping about. Yes, there is ceiling, but again, if you chase ceiling, you're going to end up getting fired. That's that's how that works in baseball. You got you make smart chases on ceiling uh, from time to time, but you know, there's not a lot of people who find a lot of success. Uh, one of the teams who most recently constantly chase ceiling, Texas Rangers. Believe everyone in charge there just got let go in the past few years. So. Uh, you know, just, just, they were always the ones who loved the chase ceiling more than anyone else, but I would throw that out there. Uh, we're going to take, we're going to come back and get into Justin Boyd here. Like, I really like Justin Boyd and, and there's a lot of reasons I really like Justin Boyd and I might hog the mic a little for why I'm so big on Justin Boyd. I seem to be, um, against the majority. So you're going to find out a lot about the newest guardians prospect, uh, as well as I, we forgot to mention it. We have something really fun in segment three. We are going to do an expansion draft. Uh, we're going to have protection lists. We're going to select from the teams that we have. We're going to do a mock expansion draft to go hand in hand with yesterday's episode where we talked about how expansion might work. Got a lot of great feedback on that. But first, we are going to jump in and talk about our good friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get the first, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who'll score a touchdown. Talk about the bets you like oh that's the part i'm not supposed to read so there's some nice comedy in the middle of the ad read uh i always like a, a good prop bet i'd have to go uh for sure go check out and see who would score a touchdown uh pick the right uh kelsey brother for that uh, the the travis the tight end not jason the center right that's that's i think i have that right travis kelsey to score a touchdown 
the fan FanDuel sports app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel at FanDuel.com backslash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Justin Boyd, uh, the second most important Justin in Cleveland sports tonight after my co-host, uh, even though they spell their names differently, right? No, they spell their names the same. Why did I? Yeah, I think I think earlier I accidentally typed the wrong Justin Boyd and I got the former catcher who's the J-U-S-T-Y-N Boyd. So I got that wrong. This is Justin Boyd who, first thing I'll say is he, he he's he's a little raw. You know, he comes from Parker, Colorado. Colorado is a good but not great place for high school baseball. It's a little bit hard to evaluate guys. We don't have a lot of top prospects every year. I did pull up his perfect game data, by the way, from when he was a high schooler. Uh, 88th percentile in sprint speed, 10th percentile in 10-yard split. Good outfield arm, uh, 82nd percentile. His exit velocity, 74th. He was. He even had pop times. He was a kid who was a catcher in high school. Some he played some third base at Oregon State. Was mostly a backup in his first year, and then this was really his first opportunity. He only had seventy three plate appearances as in as a freshman. As a sophomore, he moves into the outfield, and all he does is win the Pac twelve batting championship. He won the batting crown with a three seventy three average. Why I like him more than say Joe Lampy is. Basically, my biggest knock on Lampy is he played at Arizona, and Arizona and Arizona State have a terrible track record of translation. Um, playing in that desert really helps inflate numbers, and uh, that's my only concern. It's not a knock on Lampy's ability. The more I got to watch him, the more I liked him, but it's just a general concern that certain environments um, seem to you know, make things a lot easier. Uh, the other thing is you know he's getting top-shelf coaching at Oregon State. We know what goes through there. But on top of that high average, he also had a, uh, where is it? A 455 BAPIP, which for those who listen to the show knows BAPIP in college and the minors is a positive, not a negative. It shows quality contact rate and is a great indicator of future success. He had one of the highest BAPIPs in the country. So he's got that really good contact rate. His strikeout rate was under 20%. His, his walk rate being seven, almost 17%. Again, it's not necessarily valuable, but it's, it's not not valuable. Like it, it's bad if it's low. When it's super high, we'll see how it translates. It's more of a uh, a hurdle than a help. But in terms of just making sure that a player can clear it. Uh, but I, it's nice to see, even though it's not something I'm going to look at as an indicator. Uh, he also stole 20 bases. He's kind of growing into power. I wouldn't be surprised if he's more average power than below average. And he's a plus runner. Uh, he's just gotten faster. Uh, as I mentioned, he, I believe he played right this year. He can play right, left, or center. He played third base the year before. Uh, has some experience at catcher, though. It's been a long time. He did not play in the Cape. He played in the Northwoods League, where he was utterly dominant a year ago. So he does have success with wood bats. And everyone being like, he was terrible in Dayton, with uh, Dayton. There's a reason why the Guardians don't put college players into short season, into uh, A ball. These guys are already kind of tired. They're worn. It's a long year. It's a long season. Everything that's going on. Anyone who's getting like really uh, two in the weeds, like I don't even look at that data. It brings literally no value to my evaluation. I am not looking at how a guy performs. What is Boyd? He's got the chance to be a plus on base player with plus speed. Average, maybe, you know, 45 power, a little tick below. 
uh, who can play three outfield spots and he's right-handed, which I know maybe not the best thing, but for a, you know, in terms of listen in the grand scheme, being left-handed is better because you're going to mostly face right-handed pitching. 80% of pitching is right-handed, but this team also could use more balance in the minors. So adding a right-handed bat is, is a good thing. And I really like the fact that they got, you know, a, yes, a competitive balance B pick, which I've been talking about wanting this team to trade for, for years, but they got, you know, instead they got a player who had performed at a high level at one of the best coached universities. Who's only had one year of major competitive baseball. And I, like I said, I think the future is bright. I think there is room for physical growth. Um, as well as just, you know, baseball growth. And, you know, it's someone Cleveland liked a lot, right? Like, you know, this is someone they targeted. And then on top of all that, guess what? They don't have to add them to the roster till what, 2026? So it also allows you to kick that can down the road. I think they'll probably get cash instead of a player to be named later. Um, you know, I'll hold out hope that the player to be named later is Diaz, the closer, but I think we all know that ain't happening. But yeah, it's it's a it's certainly better than I thought they would get. Um, and, and again, anyone who says his value is down, it's not like you and I, I'll, I'll throw it to you for this. You and I discussed this, uh, before it began like that, the, the Dayton data has no effect on how void is viewed. Void is viewed. I, I can't believe anybody is, is putting 80 at bats in pro ball and low a his first year after being drafted. This guy played at Oregon state. They played, you know, into the, into the college world series. I forget what round they are knocked out in, but he took it, you know, he played, he took a couple months off and he got 80 at bats in low A. Like if you're putting any stock into that, I'm sorry. That's, that's, I mean, is he going to, I mean, is, is, is there a chance that he ends up struggling like that? I mean, maybe, but it's not, it's not going to be because of that. Like obviously Cleveland didn't look at that and was like, Oh, we like what he did in low A and 80 at bats. Like they're not doing that. So no, I, I like, I like, uh, Boyd a little bit just from what I've seen. I really obviously didn't know who he was before uh, tonight. I didn't know anything about him. I mean, I, I knew who he was at Oregon State, but I didn't like didn't have your background on him. But I, I like the upside. I also think he gets the ball in the air. You're talking about Joe Lampy. I think he gets the ball in the air better than Joe Lampy too. There's a little more lift to his swing, whereas Lampy's swing is there's not a whole lot of development going on in Arizona State. Um, very flat, slashy swing where Boyd doesn't have that and. You're talking about a guy also, too, who can put up plus run times. I mean, I, I, I was watching some video and reading some scouting reports. This is a guy who didn't get down the line like 410, 415. So we're talking, you know, 60, 70 grade speed. That's fantastic. And like you said, comes from a good college background. So it does kick the can down the road, and there's some interesting tools there. The fact they got this much, I mean, whatever Boyd ends up being, the fact they got this much for Benson is really impressive because – there's a good chance they could have gotten what they got for Owen Miller. They got just cash for Owen Miller. So the fact they got this much Benson, I think is, is really interesting and it's a good, they alleviate the 40 man issue, which by the way, we can talk about on the other side, just not, is not a preclude or a precursor to anything major. So if you're reading into the 40 man status of this trade and thinking something big, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself because it's not happening. Yeah, no, I agree with that as well. And again, I just, he's interesting and he's a guy who's, you know, this is the, the type you want to chase and, and there's some nice physical tools and he's raw. And again, we know that Oregon state is, is coaching up. So yeah, we're going to come back with an expansion draft, uh, find out uh, how these work, if they were to happen and 
who will protect? And like I said, we'll probably talk some 40 man probably in the later segment of the show when we're going to kind of get into, uh, you know, how bad is it in the coming years on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians? Okay, Built Bar. I love them. I go there. I shop there. I, I don't eat there, but I order them. You can currently get them at Sam's Club, Walmart, or at BuiltBar.com. All three are fantastic sources for a fantastic product. The best tasting protein bar I have ever had. And right now, free shipping on all orders through Valentine's Day, which means you get free shipping and you can still use Lock 15 to save 15% on your order. It's perfect time to try. You're not paying for shipping. You're getting a 15% off discount and you're getting a great product. Uh, I have always personally liked, oh, the grasshopper cookie is really good. That one is back as limited release. I would highly recommend that. Um, I like a lot of the coconut. I like the mix box with the coconut puff, the brownie batter puff, and the churro puff. Uh, that's high on my list. And I like the granola uh, duo. And they finally got rid of the white chocolate one. Like the granolas might've been my favorite. I did not like the white chocolate. Sorry, Bill Bar. But now they're only doing the two good ones, which are the peanut butter and the coconut. They do coconut so super well over at BuiltBar.com. You can't go wrong with the 12 mix box. And you can't go wrong by just trying some flavors at Walmart and or Sam's Club. Go to BuiltBar.com today. Uh, tell them I sent you by using that promo code LOCK15. You're not going to regret it. It's a fantastic tasting bar. BuiltBar.com. And use that promo code LOCK15 or go to Sam's Club and Walmart. Either way, you'll thank me. So real quick, before we move on to the expansion draft and talking about that. Okay, now I've seen people saying, oh, Andrew Chafin, oh, Robbie Grossman, oh, some other outfielder. Nope. This this is – I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll be wrong now that I'm saying this, but this to me is just a precursor to being having a spot to add Cam Gallagher or Mavery's Valoria, depending on who wins that backup catcher role, as we've talked about. That's what this is. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make another trade sometime this spring, too, of the same ilk where they kick the can down the road. I know everybody wants to add major league talent, but, you know – the, the major league talent you're getting for Will Benson versus a Justin Boyd is not the same value. I'm sorry, it's not. No one's trading big-time value for Will Benson. Uh, who knows how much value Boyd will have, but no one's giving you a lot. There's a reason they only got cash for Owen Miller. Or, we don't know what they got for Owen Miller yet. Probably, it's probably cash. But, um, and they got uh, you know not so much for um, uh, uh, Zimmer. You know, well. Yeah, they got a, a reliever on the 40 from Zimmer who's not even on the – I don't think he's even on the yeah. 40 anymore. He's not in the organization. So yeah, uh, it's irrelevant. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is just to open a 40-man spot, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do another one because they need some – well, I guess like we talked about yesterday, Gallagher will become roster fodder once he's on. But who knows? They might do a second one. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything big based on this. But now that we've said it, maybe we'll be wrong. We'll see. So do you want to explain – the rules of the expansion draft. I have the rules pulled up, so uh, I can do it, and then you can do everyone's favorite and interrupt me if <sighs> we get anything wrong. I think I have a decent understanding. So, it's uh, you have to protect players. Uh, you can protect fifteen. Uh, any player who's on your forty-man roster is eligible. Any player who is was who is when you drafted them was nineteen years old and have just finished their third fourth season. If you're 19, three, if you're 18, 40, it's the same thing as a rule five draft. Yeah. So players who would be rule five eligible would be eligible for the draft. Um, we'll get into who that affects. It's not a ton. We'll be honest. It's not, so far. Yeah. Um, and then, this is I all, assume, by the way, this is all based off of the 1997 expansion draft. That's what we're basing us off of. So that was in the Rays and the, the Diamondbacks came in the league. If they change rules, who knows whenever this does happen. Like you said, this is based off of our conversation yesterday about, expansion realignment with Charlotte and, and 
Nashville, we think. I don't know, Portland. I don't know, but this is based off the 97 expansion draft rules. So, Yeah, and um, so we're using those rules. We have to protect 15. We're assuming it's at the end of the season. So what yes. does that mean? It means that Ahmed Rosario is not protected. It means that Mike Zunino is not protected. And uh, did we have a final decision on Josh Bell? I feel like since it's an option, it would probably be after the options were. I'm considering him not because yeah. it's like, you know, the option would be um, if he is didn't play well enough to exercise the option, then you probably don't aren't going to be too upset if he gets taken and you you save that money. Yeah, um, I just assume he especially if there's no TV contract. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I just assumed he wasn't eligible. So yeah, I don't have him on my list. I have my full list. Do you want to see it? Yeah, I was I I was trying to figure out how to get a correct uh, print screen this whole time. So let me see if I can pull mine up and drop it as well. I think I've I think I might have it. So uh, why don't you talk about yours while I see if I can get this to work and then also bring in my overlay. Okay. Well, here's mine. I'll I'll take away the the uh, news banter but anyway this is my so the rules are you can protect 15 players if you're watching on youtube you can see the overlay by the way if you're listening i'm have to go to the video but i'll explain it to you um so yeah you have to protect 15 players who are on your 40 like we said guys who are free agents at the end of the year don't count um after the first round you can add three after the second round you can add three more um so we only did 15 then six more so i've got the obvious ones jose ramirez andre Semenez, shane bieber tristan mckenzie manuel Classe. Stephen Kwan, Daniel Espino, Gavin Williams, George Valera, uh, Brian Rocchio. And then after the first 10, I went kind of in a different direction. We got um, wow. Sam Henches, Gabriel Arias, Bo Naylor, Josh Naylor. Uh, and then I added, I did John Kenzie Noel. It's kind of surprised me when I was going through this. I decided to make John Kenzie Noel one of my 15 just because I didn't want anybody else to um, – capitalize on his upside and i thought somebody for sure would take him so that's my first 15 for now um, we we have some that, disagreements i will say yeah I, I i'm not anybody who's heard me talk before about the guardians prospects knows i'm not super high on noel but i think the upside play here with noel um makes it interesting i mean everybody else i think from one through i don't know 11 probably and then you know, Bo Naylor at 13 for me and Josh Naylor at 14. I mean, I could have gone without with or without Josh Naylor, but given the current makeup of the roster, I decided to go there. So um, <clears throat> the three that just missed for me are Logan Allen, Will Brennan, and Angel Martinez. And I love Will Brennan. I love Logan. I love all three of those guys, but those are my next three for the next round. And after that, I went Cody Morris and Cantillo because um, obviously there's some injury risks there. And then I went Tim Heron after that because – uh, I like the upside in the relief role for him, but, um, you know, if he goes, it's not a big deal. If, if he does, then that's a bummer. But um, at that point, I just didn't really see anybody else that I was really dying. Gavin, Gavin Williams wouldn't be eligible, right? Uh, oh, you know what? You're right, because Gavin Williams is 2024. So yes. uh, I'll have to make an adjustment. Then you know what? I, I was will. trying to figure out. We have th- we have three that we disagree on, so I was trying to figure that out. All right, I will. I will be bumping. I forgot Gavin Williams is now, so that's my bad. So I will be bumping Logan Allen into that group. Um, now that I have an extra spot, and I'll have to make an additional ad at the end. So good to know. You want to throw yours up there while I figure out who the next person I'm adding is? Sure. So mine is going to be. Oh, and it looks like I made my screenshot too small. Um, let's see if I can. 
No, you know what? It's uh, I'm, I'm not good with such things. Uh, sometimes technology. So I'm just going to read it through. So I have, uh, these are in no particular order. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Shane Bieber, Emmanuel Classe, Stephen Kwan, Daniel Espino, Bo Naylor, Tristan McKenzie, uh, George Valera, Trevor Steffen, Sam Henches, Cody Morris, Cal Quantrell, Brian Rocchio, Andres Jimenez, and Gabby Arias. So Trevor Steffen, Cal Quantrell, and Cody Morris are the three guys that I included that you did not. Which well, I got I got to add one more heavy. though. And then uh, probably my biggest surprise is leaving off Naylor. My thought is with Josh is a first baseman who's getting into arbitration, who is a platoon only. There's a chance that a team is more likely to jump on an Aaron Savale than a Naylor or to jump on pitching historically in these things. So leaving intentionally leaving Savale and Plesak off as well as Logan Allen with the assumption that I could probably protect Josh Naylor because traditional rule five drafts have been pitching heavy early. So a rule five uh, expansion draft. So yeah, Josh Naylor is a bit of a surprise. I really debated him versus Gabby Arias, but I just felt like the shortstop value um, is more valuable than uh, a platoon first baseman. All right. Well, now that I know you that's said- controversial, controversial, but uh, I think Naylor slips through. That's me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll find out if you, you select him or not, but I, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I protected him, but I, I, yeah. I, uh, I added Cal Quantrill to my list now that I had yeah. a free spot for Gavin Williams. So I moved um, Logan Allen back down to my yeah. um, first protected list and the second round. But so now we he only is, differ on. He is in my, so then my protected list goes first protected list is Josh Naylor, Josh Naylor, Aaron Savale, James Karinchak, uh, Karinchak, number 99. Uh, he was actually on my initial list and then I moved him down. I know it's a lot of relievers, but relievers have a lot of value and you definitely will lose those in an expansion draft. Like those are easy things to flip move. Um, probably there's a good chance. He is the player you lose in this situation. Um, my second group is Logan Allen, Will Brennan and Angel Martinez. And my third group was please Gonzalez and straw. And then if you want to attend, it was Cantillo. Yeah. I, I did not include straw or um, please in mine at all. And we have, we have the same second group. We have the same second uh, set of three to protect after the first round, yeah. Alan, Brennan, and Martinez. So, um, Did I not I, see 99 on any of yours? I do not have, Jim. Okay. I figured, you know what, he's he's getting into arbitration. He's a reliever. He's got walk that's, issues. Yeah. I, you know, that, and, that's why he didn't make the cut. That's why even though I am protecting three relievers, which some people might think is rich, there's um, – that's yeah. why I went with Sam Henches. Sam Henches is earlier in his career. And, well, I went with, with Henches, Stefan, and Classe, since all of yeah. them are really early on. Yeah, I didn't have Stefan in mind. I'm not sure. I, maybe I should have Maybe I should have gone there. Uh, you're right. Relief in an expansion draft is definitely um, is very heavy. I mean, the, the obvious ones were, you know, were, were pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, we both had Valera and Rokia. We both had Arias, even though I think we both think Arias' upside is, is well, I should say his second division. Uh, yeah. You did have Bo Naylor on yours. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, no Josh. So, okay. Yeah. I, I, my, I do have Josh on mine, but you're right. And then you didn't have Tim Heron on yours. No. Okay. We both had, I had Morris and Cantillo, my, yeah. my second grouping of protection just because of the injury risk too. Yeah. I, the guy I'm taking from your list is, is Cody Morris. Um, because either I can have a high leverage reliever or I can have a potential like two, three starter. So he is definitely 
if I'm building this team, he is the guy I'm selecting from who you left unprotected. Um, I need to see your link like now that I've given you have a screenshot of mine. It's um, here's my bad <laughs> screenshot. Like I said, you can't. Um, let me. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see. I can share. I'll share it out um, very quickly. Uh, but I'll say, so then your pullback list while I do this was, yes, my old co-host apparently has an opinion. Um, your first pullback list, who are your three names you're pulling back after I take Cody Morris? Um, Logan Allen, Will Brennan, and Angel Martinez. We had the same exact one. Uh, well, no, see, my first pullback list was Naylor Savali and Karen Chalk. So actually, okay. my second grab would I take Savali then. Uh, with Then if you did another pullback, I'd probably take 99. Those would be my first three selections. Uh, no, you didn't have Stefan protected, right? So yeah, I would take Stefan. Okay. I would take Stefan over Savali, and then Savali would be my third pick. So I'd be going, yeah, th- those would be the order. I'd go Morris, Stefan, Savali. Yeah. So there's nobody you took from. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at your second pullback here. Yeah, I already have Naylor, so I wouldn't take him off here. I mean, when, I would take Naylor, but so, but is that your just if not saying you know you have your if you're just a team and I'm the Guardians, who do you take from my list? Is it Josh Naylor as your first selection? No, I, I think my first selection is probably you know I I might go with James Karinchak actually because if I'm an expansion team, probably not going to be very good, right? You're probably not going to be mm-hmm. a good team your first year. Karen Chat could have a lot of value. I know he's in arbitration, but he could have a lot of value in the trade market. So you take him and maybe you flip him to your first season and try to get some prospects back for him. Savali and act to me, I know they're they're arbitration pitchers. They're early on in their arbitration careers and they're solid, but the injury the injury risk concerns me for both of them, even though police acts are you know, self-inflicted, but the upside is not really good. The only other guy I would think, okay, so my second guy would be Miles Straw, actually, because um okay. You get some defensive value. Plus, the contract is is pretty fair, even if he doesn't hit a ton. Not going Logan Allen over him because Logan Allen, my pull. If you take, I guess if you took Karen Chalk, no Logan Allen, because I would pull back Savali, Naylor, and, and Allen. So never mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would go probably Straw, and then my third guy would be Cantillo. After that, I would go for mm-hmm. upside. Well, Straw over Brennan because I would have Brennan available. I mean, the, the tough part is you've got to balance out your yeah. your your prospects, and you got to balance out your major league team. I, I I don't know. I like to cost certainty in Straw again. Straw is a guy who is has a lot of interesting value defensively. Could be a stable player early on in the franchise, but he could also be someone you can flip because of the cost certainty. And teams are always like, look at the Rays. The Rays went out and traded for Jose Siri last year to shore up center field when they had Kevin Kiermaier. Obviously, Kiermaier was hurt, but. And they let Brett Phillips go. We talked about the right. Show. He was so Straw has value, so I, I might take that over Will Brennan as much as I like Will Brennan. I'm I'm thinking of ways to get the franchise off the ground. If yeah. you flip Karen Check and Straw because of their value, you can boost your prospect value and uh, potentially anyway down the road. Because like I said, you're not going to be probably not very good early on. Yeah, and that's yeah, like I, with Morris. I'm shooting upside with Stefan. I figure it's he's. If he can replicate, you know, he's safe and then I can flip him. And then uh, Savale, you know, if he can be good for a year, again, it's just to flip the asset. Like, I mean, Morris is the only guy I'm holding on to for the year. Yeah, I think my last pick would have, I'd have to decide between 
Cantillo and Martinez. I like the upside of Cantillo, and you need an upside. Martinez pitcher. would get pulled back. In that okay, so game. I would I would only yeah. have yeah I would, so I Brennan, would Mar- Brennan Martinez, and if you took Plesac, I would probably or if I won't take Straw, Plesac, no. I'm sorry, if you took Straw, I'd pull back Gonzalez. So I have like a, you know out yeah. there. So Martinez, would, Brennan, and Gonzalez would all get pulled back at that point. Yeah, I, I would go Cantillo then for sure. But I I had Cantillo my my second pullback as well. I just didn't have yeah I, I didn't have Savali or Plesac on mine at all. I know I didn't have Stefan. I don't know the John Kesson Noel one. Like I said, I don't know. I just he doesn't. You don't take him even though like I'm not protecting him and he made yours. I guess I could. Yeah, I mean, I I, I maybe depends on on how how the rest of my draft would go. I mean, he wouldn't be my first selection, but mm-hmm. I just protected him because I think that there's a nice boomer bust potential there if some team takes him and. It's like, well, we had nothing to lose. We're a bad expansion team. We put him on the on the roster and let him play. Like, you get forty home runs. I know it's unlikely, but you know, the Guardians liked him enough to protect him last year, even though I think we both probably thought it was unlikely he'd get taken. But um, we can have some more fun with this. We should call it yeah. a podcast. Come back and do the after show uh, as we're going a little extra long. We'll get some more into the weeds on this. Uh, have some more fun with it. Uh, so make sure you tune into the YouTube. I want to thank you all for listening to this week. We are back to full time next week. Uh, thank you all who have been tuning in, commenting, and all that fun jive. Uh, thank you for listening and go, go guardians go.